Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. What up, Jay? Uh, audio and video. Q, I don't this know is, how we're going to do it. This is wild. Do you want to do, do you want to do a bit? We can do a bit. We can do a bit like da 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 da. da. I, well, I want to no, do no, like no. a couch gag. No, no, no. Let's do like. Let's do like. We'll just recreate the openings of every. Zephyr is a ever. family guy. Exactly. Not not yet though. guys. What we'll do is, uh, you remember the opening to Gravity Falls where it like pans across. I don't actually remember yeah. the song for Gravity Falls. It's it was something like that, though. It was very close to that. So we could do that, or we could do like. We give an hour down South Park on it. Have myself a time. And give it a hour down for the pretty hour time. Uh huh. Yes. I was going to say Rick and Morty, um, you know, how they do the whole like zooming through all of their adventures. Like we could do a super oh, cut of all of our adventures. I don't know that one either. That's just music, isn't it? <laughs> You're naming things I can't sing, man. That's uh, my point. Let's stop singing and high five. All right, high five. High five. Should we high five? High five. High five. High five. High five. High five, son. Woo! High five. Don't let me hang it. We did it. That was it. We uh, five. I think the the first uh, one of these days, I'm actually gonna accidentally hit my computer doing that <laughs> and uh and everyone in my family is gonna laugh at me so if the episode just suddenly goes silent everybody <laughs> because jay, jay has killed has his computer destroyed his uh, his computer so so q what are we talking i mean we haven't done video before we haven't everyone's listening to us right now and sure. so uh actually on the audio medium you're, you're hearing a lot about video you should probably go check out the video at some point yeah um, we'll have it we're gonna have it somewhere we're still trying to figure out what we're gonna do with it it'll either be on our patreon it'll maybe be a youtube sample clip to get you right for the episode who knows what we're gonna do with it that's what you have to tune in to find out <laughs> yeah right uh but this episode we're talking about cartoon uh, sitcoms an animated sitcoms man one of our absolute favorite things because we are giant man children <laughs> oh lord yes you never grow well most most people do but you and i never grow beyond cartoon watching oh no no never i mean honestly we've been in quarantine for a while now and i have been watching cartoons almost more than anything else agreed like Same. some people are like, hey, I'm going to start a hobby or I'm going to learn to quilt or I'm going to start a Facebook group that helps thousands of people. I'm like, you know what? I haven't started Simpsons from the beginning in a while. <laughs> Everyone else is doing all these really altruistic things. <laughs> yeah. I want to do something too. I'm going like, to give my time and effort to the Simpsons. You know what? There's 28 seasons of that show or whatever. So I got time. 
lots of people who are now furloughed put in a lot of hard work on that. So I want to give them the attention that it deserves. And you know what? Uh, sometimes you just want to give Hank Azaria uh, like a lot of attention. A hug? You want to give uh, a Hank a Hank hug? A Hank hug? I would give Hank Azaria a hug. He seems like a very nice person. Would you give him a pants hug? Ooh, second you know date. Second date. Second probably date. Pants, pants hug. All right, that's fair. Yeah. What about what about a tongue hug? You know what I'm saying? Oh no! Well, like that first meeting, tongue hug. <laughs> that's are how you, we end. Are you kidding? We greet each other. His his mouth is so impressive. Hank Azaria does like a thousand voices on every show that we love. That's 100 percent true. And he was in the Godzilla movie. Just you know who he doesn't do though anymore? Apu. Which you know what? Smart. Good for him. Fair. Fair. Good did for you. Him. Watch. Did you watch the documentary about Apu? Um, the, about the, the TV whole, show. Like, the prob- I think it's called the problem with Apu or something. Yeah, like that. it is. I did. I watched the first episode of it, but I didn't finish it all. I was very intrigued by by what I saw. It was. I mean, it it made a great case, and honestly, I was impressed with not only the documentary for bringing it to light, but also like Hank Azaria's response to it. Because oh, he was like, sure. like, you know what? Yeah, if it makes people mad, I never thought of it that way. But you know what? I'll, I'll, bow, I'll bow out. That's fine. That's fair. I understand. I respect that. And I understand. So good for him. Um, so we are going to talk, speaking of, this is a perfect segue. So we're going to talk uh, animated sitcoms. Now I have a question for you. Um, before we dive into our topic, as usual, we've got to set ground rules, right? Oh, oh like, of course. I wanted to do this because animated sitcom is a very specific terminology. Right. So what, what are the, the baseline criteria for you that makes something uh, differentiated an animated series, just a general animated series from an animated sitcom? So for me, I think sitcom is the primary word there. So it's more along the lines of an, an animated series kind of follows a – a continuous story it may be you know a short run or a long run but a sitcom is more it has established ground rules like it has established characters or members and then they are put into different situations on a weekly or consistent basis sure. so it's kind of it's kind of that you know and for me it ranges everything from i think the earliest versions that i watched were back in the Doug and Rugrats and Ren and sure. Stimpy days all the way, or like Rocco's Modern Life is a very good example. I think it's kind sure. of that intermediary version of that. And then all the way up through now, you have like, you know, fa- your family guys or your Rick and Morty's where it's an established set of characters, but every week they're doing something new. Sure, 100%. I absolutely so what, agree. Like, what about you? What differentiates it? Like, what's what's something that like wouldn't qualify for you as an animated sitcom? Uh, let's see. Something that wouldn't qualify as an animated sitcom. Um... Probably like an Adventure Time. Yeah, uh, yeah, adventure, like Squidbillies. Yeah, Squidbillies. Uh, Robot Chicken. Yeah. Would not would be an animated sitcom for me. Um, adventure Time would probably be closer to an animated sitcom just because it has your recurring like Jake and Finn and every episode they are put into another kind of right. scenario. But uh, I don't know. There's There's like a domesticism that doesn't exist yes. in that show. Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like okay. And this is probably a good example. Like a Rick and Morty to me is a good example of like, it has a lot of fantastical elements. It's the show's built around that, but it's grounded in the fact that they're like a suburban family that lives in a home and Rick's thing is oh. in his garage. 
you know, absolutely. Any, any, I think that's the key. I think anything that involves like a homestead, like, because when I think sitcom, I tend to think like 80s, 90s sitcom, I think full house, I think step by step. I think these shows that had, right, that had these like familial units that lived inside a home and a lot of the show often took place inside the home but then they would go on these adventures elsewhere right Uh, i mean and family guy is a great example of this because it is aping all of the family which is one of the you know original like sitcom structural ancestors you know sure and so it's aping that now i mean it's aping it directly in its character design with the large husband and and the shrilly voiced wife um, they aping it in the opening with him sitting around the piano. I mean, it, so it's based around that framework. So, you know, that so, type of thing. So anything that adheres to some sort of household framework with some sort of like familial members and or like a group of friends, friends can count because like, like the TV series Friends, mm-hmm. that was a sitcom. It took place in a primary couple of locations Right. That were homesteads for them, but they were friends that acted like family. Like they're all right. in, you know, all all of the episodes. So I think that can count as well. So I think that's a pretty good uh, baseline for where to make our list. Um, and so that brings me to the question of: Should we list? I think we. I mean, we've got to get to it. This this the meat of of the episode, and I want the meat. You know what? We're never listing again. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. All right. All right. So here we go. Never listing. We're never saying another list. The entire concept of our show. I'll start with my number five. All right, cool. So I'm going to pull up my list on my phone here. Man, everybody who's watching this video right now is getting like inside baseball, man. Like they're learning. Like, oh, that's what, ah, they have it on their phone. They just don't have a scroll that they unroll. They are, uh, they're learning shit about me because I am in the animated woods. (laughs) That's true. They don't know where you are. They don't know who you are. But this is an audio medium. I thought it was weird that you chose to animate yourself. It it took a lot of work, I'll be honest. And especially for a a spontaneously created on the spot show, I had to animate this months in advance. Which is like weird. I still don't know the logistics of that, but I I will say this: thank God, because you're usually very unanimated. And the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say I'll just say this: yes. time travels involved. Whoa, for real? You have wait, whoa, whoa. Hey, off yeah. the off the record. Yeah. Do you do you have time travel? Yeah. What you haven't told me? You're going to yeah. tell me on an episode that we're recording that you have the capability of time traveling? You're going to let all of these people who were listening because we're totally off the record and not recording right now, you're going to let all of them know that you have time travel at the same time that you're letting me know that you have time travel capability? So, Q, what I'm about to do is I'm about to answer your question by going back in time and erasing that this conversation ever existed, starting right about now. So my number five is a yeah, really great show <laughs> is a uh-huh. really great show so sure uh, when i was thinking about my list uh uh-huh. yes i don't know how to segue out of the time travel thing uh, what time ta- uh, what are you talking about 
time travel? Oh, no, there's no time travel. Uh, that but we're talking, exist. this is animated series. Yes, is animated series. So the reason okay. I'm starting with my number five. So uh, my number five was one, I debated where to put it on my list. Uh, it could have been higher because I watched it religiously for a long time. Sure. It could have been higher because I think it's a very well done, amazing show. Sure. Um, but my number five is South Park. Ooh. <laughs> Gloves are off. I know, I don't know and, what that meant. It's not like we're fighting over it. No, that's, a very, that's a very good choice. <laughs> it's a very, it's okay. So let me explain my reasoning. Yeah, please so do. It, it, for quality purposes and for the, uh, the smarts behind Trey and Matt who created it, it easily <laughs> could have been number one. Part like, of me was hoping that you were going to say for quality purposes, this call is being recorded. <laughs> I do have to say that. Which is this, also happening. This is happening, yeah, because it right. is happening. It's for um, quality assurance, everybody. That's it is. We have. review these. We look at the game tapes. I make, like, little notes on it, like John Madden. Um, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> for no one but yourself. Oh, no, no. Like, just You're like, ooh, just I should have zigged and when I zagged there. Oh, God. Man, that callback should have been three beats earlier. God damn it. Um, but, okay, so let me explain. The, the quality of the show is amazing, impeccable. It's probably one of the best written social satires ever. I, and I watched it religiously for a while. Sure. The, the only reason it's so low on my list is there were shows that I think mean more to me that are up higher in the list, either culturally, like, not culturally, but like historically, just I watched them longer. Sure. They were embedded more in my DNA of like the cartoons of why I love cartoons. And then there are some higher that I just, I revisit more often currently. Uh, and so that's why it, it's kind of, it needs to be on the list. It needs, uh, you know, attention. South Park is amazing. and has some of my favorite episodes of TV ever. And, but so, but yeah, it had to be number five just because there are others on here that mean more to me personally. I think, I think that's great. Can I ask? So anytime people bring up South Park, I have to like kind of tell this story. So you oh, and yes, I please. You and I grew up uh, when the birth of South Park was happening. So you and I would have been yeah. roughly like middle school-ish? Ish, ish. Okay. Yeah, right around there. Like kind of late 90s. So, so we would have essentially been slightly older than the South Park children <laughs> that were on, depicted on the show. <laughs> yes. Um, did your school end up having to ban South Park like regalia? Like my school, you couldn't <laughs> wear like South Park t-shirts it was like it was like the 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 Beavis and Butthead of my generation. Like parents, okay, not about it, but kids fucking <laughs> loved it. Okay, so I, I have to tell yes, uh, yes and no, and I'll explain why. Um, okay. So I actually did grow up as well in the Beavis and Butthead era. That was my first like you can't watch this cartoon. But what would happen was we would go to my grandparents' house every winter, like around Christmas time. Sure. And I would just be like sent upstairs while the family caught up and the upstairs TV had MTV and I would watch Beavis and Butthead for like eight hours straight. And because they always did marathons, you know, around the holidays. And so that was it. And so that was like I snuck out late in the house to like watch MTV around midnight to see the original Beavis and Buttheads when they were like reviewing Metallica and Slayer videos. Sure. And way too young. So South Park came along. My high school was a, a religious-based, like, college prep school, so we couldn't wear shirts with anything on them anyway. Like, even this, like, my Save Ferris shirt. Would not be could, acceptable. Nope, no words, no pictures, no identifications. It could have, like, a polo thing, or it could have, like, a Nike swoosh or, or whatever, but... That's it. 
that was it. But my, my community and my church and all of that, they, they went beyond their like, do not watch South Park. You cannot watch South Park. South Park is terrible. It is kids and they curse. And oh my goodness, we thought Bart Simpson was bad, but oh One my goodness. One of them goodness. dies in every episode. <laughs> and they don't even care. And so, which obviously just made me want to watch South Park all the more. And that was, I don't think I got into it though until probably three or four seasons. Like the first season or two, I did not watch it because I just couldn't get to it. I will say, okay, so I, on the flip side of that, had access immediately because my parents were very lax on <laughs> what I on what I did. Uh, and so I had a TV in my room ever since I was a little kid. I had full cable package, like oh, access. I legitimately grew up on television and movies. I'm so and jealous. That didn't happen for me until like high school. So I could go in my room. I remember when South Park premiered. I remember oh. being an avid Comedy Central watcher like oh, I was, before then. So Comedy I saw Central all of the promos that were heaven. like, here's a new show that's coming mm -hmm. out, South Park. It's this weird animated show. And I remember being so obsessed with not only the humor of South Park, but the right. animation style because it was like nothing I had ever seen. The whole uh, – Back then uh, it was – it was cardboard. It was paper. Yeah, well, it was the yeah the construction yeah. paper cutout animation. So I was so obsessed with it that I actually started recreating, and I think I still have some somewhere oh, in my that, house. Dude, I started take recreating. A for Instagram. I will try if I have them. If okay. I have them, sadly. But I I had a whole bunch where I had made I went through and made all of the current shows of the time in that animation style. So I made oh. a SpongeBob. I made some of the South Park characters. I made a Doug. I oh. made like several different characters um, because I just thought it was a very cool animation style. But yeah, my school, like at home, my parents didn't know that I watched it. I watched it. They were so oblivious. This is hilarious. They were so oblivious to what South Park was just as a show. Like they had no clue concept of what it was. Right. That I asked for... Uh, on PlayStation, they came out with a South Park. It was called Chef's Love Boat or something. It was a, it was a game show that uh, was oh really based yeah it was a game show a PlayStation game that was a game show and it was Chef was the host, and it was basically like a trivia oh funny game but I it was remember, all like dirty and South Park themed. I remember the South Park game where you like it was a first person shooter and you could run around and like shoot people with like nerf balls and stuff and it was kind of yeah. like a capture the flag type shooter game that's uh, the south park game i remember I, god i can't remember what that oh, it's, i'm trying to, i'm trying to look it up but yes so yeah i have a very big uh connection ultimately yeah. is what i was saying to it was called south park chef's love shack and it came oh. out in, in 99 and it was it was a game show think, like party game I think I remember that, but I, rem I remember the box, like the PC box for that. Yeah. And, and it there was no way I was getting it in my house. There's yeah, no way my, I was having My parents it. didn't know. I was like, hey, I want this animated game. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. It's a cartoon. How, how harmful could it really be? Well, that, that was how I got away with it. And I was like, God damn it, mom, give me that fucking video game. Um, there's, I, uh, I remember that. that's how I got away with watching it because my parents knew the name South Park, but they didn't know anything about it. 
So they would sure. just like walk walk through and see me watching this weird like shitty cartoon, and it was just they're like, like, like whatever. kids today. So I know it's like, like oh man, they'll just watch paper. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, they never asked like, what is it? And I'm like South Park. So I just I loved it, and so me having it at number five on my list is in no way a reflection of its quality. I think it's just one of the best shows ever. I just I needed it on my list, but some of these just mean more. I think are funnier. I think that's good, dude. I think it's good. I think it's a solid number five. It is not my number five. What is your number five? It is a solid number five. So my number five. You ready for this? Drum roll, please. (laughs) My number five is Bob's Burgers. Good choice. I wanted. Okay. Uh, Teaser, not on my list, but I is so close. Sure. So here's the deal. I have some funny stories. Two of my shows I have funny stories about. Uh, okay, I mean, please. I have funny I, stories I, about all of them, but so Bob Bob's Burgers is on my list uh, because a I think it is uh, one of the most clever uh, animated sitcoms that's out right now, and I oh. don't mean clever in like a Rick and Morty way. Rick and Morty is like super self aware, super meta. Yes, uh, Bob's Burgers can also be meta at times, but it's it's clever in that it takes. Uh, some really funny, very normal family interactions. Yes. And really like blows them apart. So you can really like look at them in a very comedic way. Like I know it, it does something that's that, a, that every successful sitcom does is I know someone that reminds me <laughs> I see that you're at Bob's Burgers right now. That's so cool that you're recording the episode from see, Bob's Burgers. If people, if people join our Patreon, they can see this. They could. Right now, they're just having to imagine Jay just, sitting at Bob's Burgers. But I am. But I am. Keep going, Q. I didn't want to distract no, you. No, no, no. You're fine. To honor your choice. No, I appreciate that. Um, so for me, they, I know. So what I was saying was is they do something that every successful sitcom does, which is I know someone in my yes. life that reminds me of every single one of the characters that they have. And that, that to me, okay, so there are a lot of shows that exist nowadays that I have affinity for, have like DNA elements that I think The Simpsons do really well. And, and Bob's Burgers, the specificity of their outlandish characters yep. is something that they, that they share with, with Simpsons in that way of, it doesn't matter if the guy is on roller skates, half naked and wearing like, uh, a, a speedo when he talks i'm kind of like yeah i know a weird guy like that he dances when he runs in my neighborhood and it, he's not half naked but he is that guy exactly and, and, and bob's burgers is so so good about that and i agree with you i like the, the um oh, what's the name of the landlord um the chris klein character oh 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 uh, uh, mr fish odor fish odor yes yeah i love him so much and every episode that's focused around fish odor or his house or his family, I'm all in for those. Well, it's, it's this really cool thing. So, like, obviously, Bob's Burgers is way over the top. I mean, it is an animated series. So, like, crazy things happen. But at the same time, there's, some of the gags and jokes are so small. They're yes. so little. Like, like, as simple as the burger of the day board in the background. Yes. It's such a small, stupid gag, but it's yeah. so rewarding. That and in every opening, the grant or the next the door neighbor, yeah, of them, this is, changes. 
it's it's really smart but they're small well, and there's a different pest control van every opening oh i haven't noticed that yeah there's a I different so there's a pun in the sign of the next door neighbor and then a pun in the pest. there's a yes then there's a pun in the pest control that's solid I do it's like, like that it's me. like of mice and gone or something like that or yeah, like different things. yeah but, but to like, your point it's just it's clever across the board it's musical which you know yes. i love I love I love me a good musical, so I love the fact that they incorporate music into the yes, series. A lot. Uh, it has maybe one of my favorite performances by, and I'm totally blanking on her name right now, but Louise. Oh, uh, uh, Kristen, Kristen Shaw. Kristen Shaw. She is one of my favorite voice actors, and she may or may not share another spot on this uh, list for me. And I can probably guess what it is, but... Uh, but she is fantastic. And let's be honest, she has a voice that is ready-made for animation. Yes. That's not saying well, she okay. has a ridiculous voice, but no, but she, it, she it, has it, a ridiculous voice. It, but it's noticeable. It stands it's out. Recognizable. You, you, recognizable. I, I do I do want to interject here for just a second because it sure. relates to something that Amanda. While and you I, do that for the Patreon yeah. users, I'm gonna eat this cinnamon roll pancake. Which we usually do when we're recording, but no one can see because it's. I just like the fact that now it's like, ooh, you Patreon users, <laughs> you get to see this. That's the thing. Is like, what's Q's breakfast gonna be on this show? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Patreon. This is what your five dollars went to. It's, it's an Instagram like contest. Guess Q's breakfast. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, we started watching Solar Opposites last night, man. Oh man, I haven't started it yet. It is so good. You have to watch it. Okay. But anyway, there Wait, is hold, a... on, hold on, hold on. I do have to ask you. Yes. Just first off, is it my biggest fear was that it's a direct clone of Rick and Morty. Is it? No. Okay. But That's... it has a lot of the DNA of Rick and Morty. But Thomas Middleditch is one of the main characters. And so Oh he's my god, in... I love him. He's improving with Justin Roiland. Oh, I love that. And so there's a lot of the DNA elements. So that would actually kind of fit into this category, to be honest, because the premise of the show is that there are two alien adults and they're clones. They're children. And so each one of them has a a young clone of themselves. And one is voiced by Justin Roiland, who hates Earth and wants to destroy it. And one is voiced by... Um, uh, middle ditch who loves earth and, okay. then, and then their two kids are in high school so each episode basically is they encounter a, a, a problem with society or something that they want to solve and then they have some crazy alien gizmo that allows them to do that and then things spin out of control awesome so I, and I, and i'll give you the premise of the first episode but it won't ruin anything they okay. basically they're on Earth, and they are obsessed with a cartoon show. And it's just like a Barney-type cartoon show. And they go to the mall to meet that character and realize it's just a dude in a costume. And they realize at that moment that cartoons aren't real, and they have like an existential crisis. So they have a <laughs> machine. They have a machine that allows them to genetically create the cartoon character that they love. And so they do that, and then it starts to hate them. And they create more clones, and then things go out of control. Got it. And, so it's and very it's it's very Meeseeks like. It's it's very Meeseeks like. It's kind of like what if Justin Roiland was given the the wheels of Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, got it. In I'm in. 
Yeah. So that's kind of the premise. But there is a character in it. The daughter character sounds like Kristen Shaw. It's not. It's a comedian named Mary Mack who's very good, but she has that same voice. And it's kind of sure. like, oh, so I get like a little bit of the, the Rick and Morty feel and a little bit of the, you know, Bob's Burgers feel all crammed together. You, you know what show you'll, you'll also has a Kristen Shaw sound alike? It's uh, the new DuckTales animated reboot. Webby the yes. sounds like and is played like it should be Kristen Shaw, but it's actually uh, it's uh, Kate Michucci. Of, yeah, it's the uh, girl from Garfunkel and Oates. Exactly. Yeah, Kate um, Meducci, I think is her. Kate Meducci. But she's doing. And yes. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. You know, picking fights here, but she is doing a Kristen Shaw impression. A very, a very good one. A very good one. To the point that for the first couple episodes, I was like, I can't believe they got Kristen Shaw to be on this show. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's not Kristen Shaw. <laughs> that is, but it is a very good show, by the way. It is a very yes. good show. Sorry, back to Bob's Burgers. Back so to Bob's Burgers. Great they have choice. An amazing rotating cast of guest stars. Can, um, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one of my favorite aspects of the show, and I think it's to me what sets Bob's Burgers apart from everything else is that they record it in the round together and like riff off of each other. Exactly. And that is one of my favorite elements of that show because the cast is so strong. Like Eugene Merman and uh, H. John Benjamin. Like H. John Benjamin should be in every show ever. And he kind of is nowadays. He's another but, amazing voice actor. His and, voice. And, and one of the funniest, I have never seen a voice that did not match its owner more than h john benjamin and it's, like, it's so good and the thing about it but it fits so many different characters so well like bob's burgers and archer, archer exactly it fits perfectly some 100 and those two characters couldn't be more different from each other although did you see the archer episode that references bob's burgers yes i did just beautiful comedy um, gold comedy gold but anyway yes yeah, so the the way that that show is recorded allows for all the things that you're talking about those like little asides some of my favorite elements of the show are the one-liners that gene or eugene merman will will just spit out as he's walking through a room exactly they're all these and that's that's what makes this show different from a lot of shows they're all these really small jokes like it's just peppered with really small really clever it almost reminds me of in live action television it reminds me of community how there's yes. like there's like a thousand jokes thrown into this show. Or 30 some of Rock them, is a good example. Exactly. Some like of a, them big, mm -hmm. some of them just really small. 30 Rock is a, is a good analogy, I think, because it is like a workplace, like drama, comedy drama. But like there's background gags and puns and things that you'll just miss exactly. all throughout it. So Bob's Burgers, my number five. It couldn't be higher because the rest of my list is better. <laughs> but awesome choice. A solid number five for me. I am so happy that it's on there and good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now grace me with your number four. All right. My number four is a little, my number four is just so dear to my heart. It, it was, it was kind of tough to put it above South Park, but it's so dear to my heart. It kind of was one of the ones that established in me a love of irreverent cartoons Ooh. And I also wanted to represent kind of the the Nicktoons cachet 
of like okay. Rocco's, like it could have been Rocco's Modern Life. It could sure. have been, it could have been like Ah Real Monsters. But so I it's landed. not Ah Real Monsters, and it's not Rocco's Modern Life, is what you're saying. My number four is Ren and Stimpy. Oh, I don't know why I reacted like that again. To, <laughs> but that's both of your. But yes, solid. So Ren and Snippy, it fits the sitcom era or the sitcom idea because it is like just Ren and Stimpy in every episode in a completely different situation. And in their home often, like very often. Very often or someone else's home. Like they're like fire dogs or they're like mouse sized in a giant's house or whatever it is. But there was something about that show where – the animation style, the switch back and forth from the animation style like to the truly grotesque realism of it to the silliness of the gags and the, sure. just the, to- the toilet humor. But like even in things that I like now, you know, like the things like SpongeBob that I introduced uh, E and that we'll probably introduce C to, you know, the things that have those elements, Adventure Time has elements of this and um, uh regular show has elements of this but things that i have continued to watch all sort of string back to that love of ren and stimpy and trying to hide it from my mom sure who hated it but my dad loved it i don't know why i don't know how but for some reason my dad loved ren and stimpy and we would watch it every every all weekend every weekend and every time it was on television i was trying to watch it and it just cemented in me a love of those types of cartoons cartoons where i didn't get all of the jokes quite yet sure i i definitely understand that um and i'm talking original ren and stimpy not like reboots of ren try and to stimpy be like party show or adult yeah, party show or whatever yeah no, no i'm talking like og first four seasons with original creator ren and stimpy so uh that it actually surprises me that you able, you were able to gleam into that show too because that seems to fall along those lines of Beavis and Butthead, South mm-hmm. Park, like very adulty, very inappropriate. Yeah. Um, but I will say that uh, the more the most fascinating part about that, I think, uh, and don't get me wrong, I own all of these on DVD <laughs> for show. Um, but one of the most fascinating parts about that and about that show in particular is that it existed on a children's network. So yeah. the fact that Ren and Stimpy wasn't an MTV liquid television show or right. wasn't um, you know, a Fox sitcom with you know, The Simpsons, the fact that it existed on Nickelodeon, which by and large at the time was – even more so like than it is now. Like I would say yeah. now it's maybe a little um, like kiddified. Yeah. Well, more they, so they, than it was when really we were kids. Separated, they've really separated Nickelodeon went through that thing that like even the movies went through and they didn't really understand what PG 13 meant. And they were trying sure. to like, introduce that like Nickelodeon used to be like, okay, well we've got anything and everything kind of fits into Nickelodeon. And then like baby stuff is Nick jr. Exactly. And then Ren and Stimpy came along and sort of destroyed that whole paradigm for them because they're like, this one snuck through and probably shouldn't have. We need to have better restrictions. And then they started saying like, okay, well, Nickelodeon during the day is, you know, this area. Nick Jr. is very much like preschool age. And then at night, you know, we're going to have like Nickelodeon, like adult Disney 
channel type shows, but Rin and Stimpy was the one that was kind of like, we're going to throw this gear into a bike that's running and see what happens. And I think that was a fascinating thing because I've watched some like Nickelodeon kind of back in the day, behind the scenes information stuff. And they're, animation department it was kind of like the wild wild west like people were kind of allowed to do whatever yeah um so much so that nickelodeon has now like upon some of their dvd releases they've censored the episodes Mm -hmm. because some of the episodes were like pretty risque and some of the things were like pretty out there um but i will say that ren and stimpy was a formative one for me to um, happy, happy, joy, joy is a song that I will forever have cemented into my brain. I will randomly start humming "Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence" for no reason. Like it's not instituted by anything; it just happens. I also oftentimes do the "It's log, it's log, it's big, it's heavy, it's wood, it's log, it's log, it's better than better bad, than it's great, good. it's good." Yeah. <laughs> and I then, um, and then I have a Mister Powder Toastman hanging around here somewhere. Oh, you know what? It's powdered toast man. So, um, so yes, so Ren and Stimpy for me was another big one. I think it's a great choice. I think it's a solid number four. I will say that so far you've put two like very big staples of television history in your bottom two. I know. So I am so fascinated to find Dude, out. The one the ones that I had to eliminate and leave off the list entirely just kill me still. So like sure. this list was tough. I understand that. I have a feeling I know what your number one is. I think you may I think you I may fe- I feel like I do. But so in the meantime, before we get to that, how about I give you my number four? Oh I would love it. I would right? love it. So my number four is not Ren and Stimpy, but my number four does have something in common with it. Ooh, um, okay, keep going. My number four was also on Nickelodeon in the 90s. Can I guess it? You can guess it. Go for it. Is it Rocco's Modern Life? It is definitely Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Rocco's Modern Modern Life. Life. (laughs) Um, It is definitely uh, my, my number four. I'm so, I debated, I'm so I debated glad that you put real, it on there. I debated really hard not having it higher on my list. Um, but the main reason that it, it stuck at number four was because I, once again, I own it on DVD. I've rewatched it. It's a really, really great show. But as far as the writing goes, it doesn't necessarily hold up as closely as some of the writing of the yeah. later series that are going to be on the list. And I, so, I, I agree with you. I'm so happy that we both share a Nicktoons as number four, because basically it was between Rocco's modern life and Ren and Stimpy for me. And I'm glad we covered the bases between the two of us. Yes. That's same so, here. Rocco's modern life was one for me that um, it is a sitcom in like the truest sense of the word. Like it took place around Rocco. He was the main character. He had a revolving uh, door of friends mm-hmm. that were on the show, but most often Filbert and Heifer. Um, voice, voiced by the wonderful Tom Kenny. Oh, who, absolutely. Who SpongeBob. And uh, Mr. Uh, Lawrence. Mr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, Mr. Lawrence. Who does Plankton. Yeah, <laughs> on SpongeBob, but is also the voice of Filbert the turtle. Yes, um, and then you got the big heads next door. 
absolutely. So it very much so felt like a 90s kind of sitcom, right? Yeah. You had the wacky neighbors. You had the two best friends, the goofy best friends. And it was even weird. And this is something that I appreciate about Rocco's Modern Life now that I didn't realize when I was watching it before. But it was about like a 20-something-year-old moving out on his own after college. Yeah. That, that did not register to me when I was in like middle school and I like middle school and below, like watching the show. And the idea of like him living in the real world is very sitcom esque. It's he has neighbors and friends and rivals and job losses. And I didn't get any of that. It was just hilarious animal characters that were disguising very real adult problems. Oh, and beyond that, they, they, took this character and they explored once again some really adult themes mm -hmm. there is um so i own it on dvd like i've said a million times and i know i'm bragging but i'm gonna keep bragging okay are you named DVD. are you name dropping your DVDs? My dvd collection yeah i'm sitting in front of a pile of vhs tapes Baller. I'm very proud of what I. I have. love. I love your your uh, hoity-toityness about like I have an outdated video collection. I do. Look at this. Suck it. Look at Suck this. Suck it, everyone. What is that up there? Oh, that's vinyl records. Well, these are all dead media's. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um. So, this show for me though, there's a couple scenes that like stick out in my head forever. Um. And one of one of the things I still quote to this day, there's a episode where Rocco uh, has to take a driver's ed course. And oh, I love that episode. <laughs> they they show he watches some videos that are supposed to be like horrifically graphic, and it's test dummies made of tomatoes. <laughs> and when they smash, like their tomato guts go everywhere. And I just remember the voice is always like, "And that's why you follow." The rules <laughs> of the road. <laughs> and so there's so many times that I'm driving in the car with my kids or with whatever, and they're like, oh, you know, you missed that stoplight, yeah. or oh, please, you're going to kill us. Please stop. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm obeying the rules of the road. And I think that gag for me is so ingrained in me that that's why when I watch Arrested Development later, and they're like, and that's why you always leave a note. Like the same DNA joke. of that gag is is the same joke, and I love it. it uh, is. I, I, and well, and even uh, I remember one of the episodes, well, not not episodes in general, but the Chameleon Brothers who own everything. Oh, God. Yeah, I, who were who coming were to coming to our fitness room, yay! They were essentially a mishmash of two characters that I knew from Saturday Night Live. Two different character bits. They were the wild and crazy guy brothers. Uh, Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd. You remember them? We are oh, wild and crazy guys. So they, they were come party with you. They were essentially those guys and the Kevin Nealon yeah. and, um, and uh, to... Dana Dana Carvey. Pump. We are going to pump you up. You up. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the Chameleon Brothers were like those two, like, and, and they were just the scummy businessmen, like. Yes. Yeah. They were I, vaguely, oh. they were vaguely foreign. They vaguely. they were also very uh, Martin Short from Father of the Bride Part Two. Yes, that, that's that's Part voice. One. That's their yes. voice uh, totally. Um, um, but they the, and them and then the episode like everything involving the big heads. I was a big fan of like especially when sure. they're like their uh, estranged son. Oh yes. Uh, it's just like 
again, those types of things I totally didn't catch. Now, one thing I will very respect for Rocco's Modern Life is, and we've talked about this on the show before, but their comeback episode. Oh my God, you're well, you're stealing my thunder. That's what I'm talking go, about. This go, is my right choice, in. okay? Uh, Let's do it. No, so that's what I was going to say is what cemented it at its place on my list was the fact that it had a comeback episode and the comeback episode essentially acknowledged the fact that it never needed a revival series. Yes. It basically did this whole kind of monologue on nostalgia and how nostalgia can always be okay. And like, you can always love the things of the past, but you are also allowed to move on and move past them. Yes. And the fact that it took, like, I've, I've seen lots of animated shows in my time, man. And I've seen lots of live action shows and I've seen lots of reboots and repeats and re-bequels. Well, I, and- I even mentioned it with my number four. I had to clarify that I was not talking about the Ren and Stimpy reboot because it's terrible. And Rocco's Modern Life actually outdoes it in this in this regard. And it's so smart. And it's I've watched it probably ten times already. I think it's, I've seen it twice, at least twice, maybe three times. It's so smart. It's so funny. But it once again, it's so okay with saying, "Hey, we're a thing of the '90s. We're a product yeah. of the '90s." We were a part of your childhood. We were happy to be there. Yep. Here's another little like last goodbye to your favorite characters. But, but at the same time, back. we're not coming back. And that's yeah. okay. And you guys should be okay with that. You know what I mean? Like just oh, so good. It it was um it was it was really impressive. So hats off to the creator of that series, uh Joe Murray. Yeah. Um is really beautiful, brilliant series send off. Yeah. Um, high, high, high recommend. Yeah. Well, and again, it, it has the seeds of stuff that I watched later. You know, like you were mentioning, a lot of the SpongeBob people came from that show. You know, a lot of the animators on that show went on to work on other shows on like Adult Swim or on uh, Cartoon Network that I also, you know, watched a lot of. Um, and so, yeah, it just, that, it sort of, the ripple effect of that show mattered. And so, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, I'm so glad you had it on your list. Cause I was, oh, I was like sick to my stomach that I didn't have it on mine. 100% agreed. All right. So let's hear your number three. All right. My number three is a more modern show. And I want to, it was it a modern life show. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. No, but number three, it's, it's higher than the other two because I just think it's so damn good. Sure. And so my number three is BoJack Horseman. God, so interesting. We have some very weird parallels in our list, man. And you'll see when I get to my number three, you'll understand why. But go well, ahead. Okay. And so my number three is I wanted, I felt like a modern Netflix, more new age cartoon would be good. And so sure. maybe, maybe your choice also applies in that category. But BoJack Horseman to me has every element of a cartoon or any sort of sitcom that I love. It's got a, a, a you know, domesticated base it is around like a home situation but it's based around a character who came from a sitcom it's a send-up of the entertainment world and culture which i think is amazing the voice cast i think is one best outside of bob's burgers that exists that aren't just standard animated character people like I, I don't count the Simpson voices in there because Dan Castanella and Hank Azaria and, and all, you know, Julie Kavner, 
they're synonymous with animation voices. Sure, of course. But but like the the BoJack Horseman cast isn't that. You know, it's Aaron um Aaron Paul. Oh, Aaron Paul, thank you. Uh Aaron Paul, Allison Bree, you know, uh Will Arnett, um just, you know, people that that do great voice acting but aren't synonymous with that. But this, the background gags, the puns, the writing of it, the things that you actually have to pause the show to truly appreciate. Sure. So for me, just the level of quality in that show makes it number three worthy. And then how dark it gets. I love how real dark, especially like, you know, when Bojack is getting the fame that, you know, he's struggling for in the first seasons and then his understanding of what that means in the later seasons, his a strange daughter that he didn't know he had and her relationship with him. It's like, Oh no, I don't need a father. I just wanted to know who you were. And like, I don't know just the, the, how deep it goes into dissecting what it means to be depressed. Sure. I think it's just brilliant. And so for me, it had the brilliance level um, of like a South park. It has the cultural satire and the puns of like Bob's burgers and Simpsons that I love but it also is uniquely its own thing. And, and I just, I don't know. I just, I love everything that it, that it brings to the table. And I so think for I'm me, gonna, it was number three. I, I, I dig that. I respect that. I will say that, uh, and I'm probably going to get pummeled for this, but I haven't really watched BoJack Horseman. I will say this. I tried, I have tried several times to start the first season <laughs> and I, f- I find it, oddly inaccessible like there are parts of it that i find like just hard to latch on to like i'm i try watching it and i'm like oh okay this is like fun and clever i get it it's like a riff on you know the 80s sitcom people and what happens post celebrity but for some reason i just can't like huh it in i can't get into it enough to like plow through man i seasons now. i feel i feel like and i totally respect that and and you know it's not for it's not for everybody but i i feel like you and i know you well enough that i feel like there's like some little crest that if you just reach that crest of maybe i just need like two hours of it in a row or i don't know what that is but i feel like if you pass that you would just fall head over heels. And that's what I want. And that's why, like, there's, that's not the only show that's done it to me that I then ended up getting past that crest and loving. Parks and Rec did that to me for a long time. Yes. I wasn't able to to get into Parks and Rec for like the whole first season, Mm -hmm. maybe a whole season and a half. But once I got past that, I was obsessed. And then I just like blazed through it. I kind of feel like that would happen with you for Bojack. There's one episode where the Aaron Paul character, who is just, hysterical aaron paul is hysterical in the show but there's an episode where he accidentally basically gets in charge of the oscars and he loses the entire list so he just has to recreate the oscars and so there's a sight gag where he has this gigantic whiteboard with all the categories listed out but he can only remember like he, he only has it filled out with movies that he can remember so like uh, total recall is on there in a couple <laughs> different categories but it's one of those where if you pause it you can literally spend 10 minutes dissecting just the i hate the, the mise-en-scene of what they've sure. drawn 
and every Leave element it to of Jay this, to drop mise en scene in an about Bojack. Or, yeah. <laughs> but it is like if that's serious discussion. That's the term for it. But you can literally just read everything on the screen, and everything is hilarious. And that level of detail for the show, I just think, is amazing. And it I does love it. That. It does it for everything too, because everything is a pun of an animal world, like Animal Hollywood. I and love that. I love that. You love that. And I, I want to know being on your list. I want to know what you love because you said there's a parallel for our numbers, and I, I think again, I think I know what it is. There is. So my parallel is that once again, it takes place on the same network. So my my know. animated series at number three is Big Mouth. That was uh, I knew it. Um, but I will say this. So my number four and my number five have a thing in common, which is my absolutely amazing wonderful beautiful wife Haley um has this tendency where she will lock on to a series and that is all that she will watch 24 7 non-stop for months Amanda Amanda does that as well currently it's uh well we just went through the office to doing that so I okay she goes through the office as well she also just finished that probably I don't know three or four times in a row. <laughs> so yeah. here's the deal. I love both Bob's Burgers and Big Mouth, but I have seen them way more than is necessary <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I have started to like, like them less only because I'm like, I don't want to watch another episode of Big Mouth. <laughs> I get, well, the thing for Big Mouth with me is again, great voice cast. But when I get into a season, I just I am I am obsessed with everything they're doing on that show. But then I can just go away from it for months, like I once a year. Agreed. I love to just dive into the season and appreciate it. But it's not one that I've gone back and rewatched, which I have done with BoJack Horseman, and I think that's why it made the list. And, and Big Mouth didn't. Big well, Mouth that, is brilliant. So that is why. So Big Mouth is is my number three for almost exactly that reason. So it is a brilliant show that is maybe, and Haley and I have had this discussion. You and I have had this discussion. I've had this discussion with random strangers on the street um, who were like, get away from me. Why are you talking to me? Um, I genuinely think that Big Mouth is the best explanation and understanding of what it is like both on the male and female side to go through puberty that I have ever seen in my life. Like it, oh, perfect. You're in Big Mouth right now. I am in Big Wild. Mouth. I'm, I'm in the gym. They're at a basketball game. Um, so I agree. But it, it has a way of explaining at a very like, like intensely guttural level of what it feels like through these like super over the top cartoony outlandish scenarios mm -hmm. that somehow read still very true to like the feeling that yes. you had. Again, it's one of those shows where you're like, I know that person. Yes. Or I, I know was that, that person. I know that whole family. <laughs> or right, I, exactly. Yes, and, I, and it has a lot of that. And I think that's what's good about Big Mouth is I was that person. There is a gag in Big Mouth and it's what, I, I, I think I've referenced it on the show. I know I've told you before, but I'll say it for this episode that endeared the show to me forever. And it was a show with, with this character. Uh, what's his name? Remind Andrew me. Glauberman. Yeah. Andrew Glauberman. It's one of those. It's like, it's like the second episode. The, uh, his friend asked him to come in the girl's restroom to help her. And he goes in and he's so excited and he looks around 
And John Mulaney's delivery of, oh, it's the same. It's so true to when I was a kid of, I wonder what the girl's restroom is like. I've heard there's couches and TVs and masseuses in there. And then you go in there like, oh, it's the same as our bathroom. And it's like a letdown. That moment and them acknowledging that moment of my life was so, I don't know, it like sent a spark of electricity through me. I was like, I love this show forever. For sure. 100% because you can absolutely identify. They speak to those weird things that you thought that maybe only you thought in your yeah. head. Yeah. But then suddenly you see it on television. You're like, oh shit, I'm not the only person <laughs> who thought that. These people also thought that. And now I see it represented. And do you know, you want to know something that's weirdly satisfying about Big Mouth nowadays? Yeah, definitely. Like there's, there's episodes like that I can't personally relate to like the episode where uh, Kristen Wiig is the voice of her vagina and she's having oh, a conversation yes. with it. Of course. But I can watch that episode and go, Oh, boys aren't the only one that were fucked up back then too. Cause all the girls right. that I knew seemed to have it. So together on everything. Sure. And, and I know that was just a perception thing. And I know that I was a young, naive, stupid brat, but like seeing it represented on the show was like, Oh, man, I could have related to people a lot better if I had just known they were relatable. For sure. And once again, lots of great music. Great One music. Of my, I, have the, I have the soundtrack on vinyl. One of my oh, favorites. Do you really? I do. One of my favorite songs, I'm Gonna Do Sex on a Lady by Coach Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Coach uh, Steve is so great. Nick Kroll, as, as Co Nick Kroll doing his Will Arnett impression as Coach Steve. <laughs> Oh, no, well, not doing his Will Arnett impression as the hormone monster. And then him yes. doing, I don't know what. Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick Kroll, for, for literally the entire first season, I thought Will Arnett was an uncredited voice as Maury, the hormone monster. And it's not. It's just Nick Kroll Turns doing out an impression. Turns out it's Nick Kroll doing Will Arnett's voice, like, eerily Perfectly. well. Perfectly. Um, but the show's brilliant. The show is funny. I will say this. The reason it's twofold that it's number three on my list. One is I've watched it too many times for my own good, and I'm a little, little, little tiny <laughs> bit sick of it. Two is that, unfortunately, and it pains me to say this, I think, I think the series may be done. In really? the sense that I did not enjoy the third season. You think it's on a... Nearly as much. I think, and, and man... I will not spoil this, but there is another show that we're going to talk about that it like pains me to my core. Okay. To say Man. that also may be the case. Um, but for Big Mouth, I think sometimes there is a problem that you hit in an animated series or in any series for that matter, which is when you have too much fame and too much notoriety you feel a sense of living up to your own legend yeah. that has to happen. And it causes you, it causes you to go a bit navel gazy in your yeah. show. And it can tend to bring down the quality of the show because when I mean, you're, that, when you're did happen, that happened with community, I'll be honest. Exactly. When you're operating in this bubble of like, I don't know how the world accepts this and I don't care. I'm just writing this because it's hilarious and funny and whatever. Right. Then there's something special about that. But once you get 
that whiff of like, oh, people have expectations of this show now. Their uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is falls into that category for me. Yeah, it's it sucks, and it's it's because you know this is why we can't have nice things. This yeah. is like you know it. It sucks that they feel this pressure to kind of like outdo themselves. Like every yeah. season has to be better than the last season. And, and like, ooh, anything that was popular, we have to do it again. Like, yeah. it's like, just let it live and breathe. It almost, it, like Rocco's Modern Life addressed all of that in the series finale, which is, is like, it's like, guys, it doesn't have to get better. Like, it yeah. doesn't have to get better. It doesn't have to keep going. Like, you can just be done be happy with what you got. You know what I mean? Be really, really happy and love and cherish and hold on to what you had. And so for me, Big Mouth is kind of riding that direction. I feel like, and you know, obviously I'll have to see how the fourth season shapes up, but the third season was for me a pretty like large drop in quality in like storytelling quality. There were some really great episodes and some really funny episodes, but they weren't as consistently like, this is great. This is funny. Right. And there were almost too many like winky, like, Hey, we know you like this character. So here's more of that. Gotcha. And it was like, man. So that's why it's on my number three. It's definitely recommend. It's yes. definitely, you know, a show that I love, but it's, it can't reach the echelon that these top two have. Same, same for me. So we're three deep. Uh, it's time that we wipe off the sweat and we hear from some sponsors. After these messages, we'll be right back. Oh goodness! It's Gizzle Whizzle's horseradish fizzies. Gizzle Whizzle's horseradish fizzies. Gizzle Whizzle's horseradish fizzies. They're delicious and also super spicy. Gizzle Whizzle horseradish fizzles. You know you want it in your mouth. Gizzle Whizzle Horseradle Fizzies. You're gonna eat it until you puke. Gizzle Whizzy's Horseradish Fuzzles. <laughs> That's not even the name. Gizzle Wiener's Horseradish Fuzzles. We've eaten so many we forgot who we are. I can't taste my tongue. Everything is burning. Gizzle Whizzle's Horseradish Fizzies. Come and get some or not. Fizzies! Come on down to the fight store. We'll punch you in the face. You want to get part of the fights? Yes, you do. And you know what it costs? A buck oh five. Come on down. We're off Highway 69. You know you want to fight? You want to fight? Come on down to the fight store. Let's go. Bro, do you even fight? No. All right. So we're back from sponsors. From, from commercials. From good, good old sponsors. And so now... We are what everybody tunes into the show for. We are at our number one and two on the list. All right. So my number two and one, one and two. So my number two is very special to me. It's very special to me. And I think uh, in relation to you, it's one that we've watched together and we both love. Um, My number two is Rick and Morty. My number two is Rick and Morty. Is it really? Yes. Let's just talk about it. 
So Rick and Morty is my number two because it exemplifies everything we've talked about so far in this episode, I think, to the 10th degree. It is okay. is domesticated around a central family that I love. The voice cast is amazing. The yes. jokes and the puns and the asides and the backgrounds are insanely clever, but it's based around science fiction. And yes. the premise of the show and the multidimensional realities allows it to do anything, which also gives it a sense of mysticism. So I never really know what's going to happen. And then it has the mind of Dan Harmon behind it. So it has the elements of like community that I love that has meta, meta storytelling and meta narratives and societal puns and entertainment puns. And it's just, it's everything I love in a show. And, and, and it's something, and it's one that I can watch the episodes I love like anatomy park and, um, uh, uh, oh, that's the one that's coming to mind right now. But uh, um, the uh, the one where they're Rick's, all Rixty minutes. Thank you, Rixty minutes, and then the one where they're all trapped in the house with the uh, the, the imaginary worm. Yes. yes, I can watch I those over and title. over and over and over again and never get tired of them. For sure. So Rick it's, and Morty, it's, solid it's number a, two. It's a fantastic show. It's also a show that, much like Bob's Burgers, relies heavily on improv. Yes. So, there's tons of just like really weird asides and like dialogue just kind of running off to nowhere or like um, yes things that are obvious mistakes there's a lot of that in solar opposites as well like you can hear justin roland saying um a lot in in, in the show and i just love that style i just think it's it's so good i agree 100 percent um, I will show my cards and say that this is the show that I was referring to has, I had maybe, has maybe passed its prime. And I will say this, man, and I know that, like, bring it on, motherfuckers. If you all want to get mad listening to me talk shit about Rick and Morty, then cool. I love, I love Rick and Morty. Don't get me wrong. I think it is one of, we've talked about it before. I think it is one of the most clever, if not the most clever show that's ever been on television. I think it's hilarious. I think it's brilliant. I think it handles some really insanely heavy concepts. Um, but I will say that I do think uh, this, this most recent season that we waited multiple years for has not been as good, which is fine. But <laughs> also with the most recent episode, I feel like they may have jumped the shark a little bit. Okay, uh, let me play my cards a little bit. Okay. I have not seen all of the third season yet. So we watched, I think, the first three They're episodes? on season – this is season four. Okay, then – okay, we haven't watched all of season four yet, the one okay. that we waited a lot. So we watched, like, the first three. Yes. And then we didn't watch up until when they went on – and I have not seen the most recent one. That actually speaks volumes to me because – the fact that you were able to just like, eh, we'll get to it at some point shows to me because you and I watched it together religiously. Like yes. we would, it's airing tonight. We're watching it tonight. Like, you know, we waited yes. with bated breath, like a, like a midnight release party. Yes. Um, I did the same thing. I watched the first two episodes or three episodes of this season and then kind of went like, uh, okay, there's other things I want to watch. Yeah. So I'm going to go watch this other stuff. And, 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 and then in all now fair, I'm in caught all up again. 
in all fairness to Rick and Morty, and I feel like I owe it this fairness, that all happened around the time that we cut the cable cord as well because I had been watching Rick and Morty on oh, uh, like sure. Com- Comcast On Demand because that was the only place that you could stream it. It doesn't come on Hulu until like months and months later. Sure. And so we cut the cord after the first two aired, and I oh, wasn't sure. able to get it ever again. Oh. And so I've been waiting for them to be released on Hulu. And then when they finally were, I was already booked up with other stuff. So in fairness to Rick and Morty, a lot of it was my own doing. But I have heard – you're not the only person to tell me that. That's Let me That's circle fair. back to this. I'm not disagreeing with you because I haven't seen them, but you're not the only person to say this to me. About. So I love the show. It's brilliant. Um, it's on, I watch it on YouTube TV. Okay. We um, haven't done that yet. I want to. But I will say that um, this most recent episode, and I'm gonna, I'll try and tread as lightly on spoilers. Sure, as sure, it's fine. Um, this entire most recent episode kind of feels like a weird and maybe i just didn't get it maybe it was too smart for me it kind of feels like a weird fuck you to fans oh like it kind of feels like this weird like none of this fucking matters and you guys are so obsessed with canon and you're so obsessed with these things and who the fuck cares and here's some weird shit nobody fucking cares and interesting um, I wonder if that was – I wonder if that had anything to do with him also splitting focus between solar opposites, and maybe he was, like, more interested in that at the time. Maybe? Because I'll, I'll tell you, solar opposites as funny as shit. Sure, sure, and I'm, I'm super excited to watch it. And I, like I said, I love Rick and Morty. I think oh, they've of course. done some of the most interesting sci-fi. It's, it's maybe one of the best, aside from being animated, maybe one of the best sci-fi series I've ever seen. Like oh, they the, handle, when they Cronenberg everybody? Yes, they handle uh, some really cool sci-fi concepts. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's my number two for sure. But it's my number two and not my number one specifically because – I feel like they're doing a yeah. similar thing. It's not saying that every episode has to be better than the episode that came before it, but I do feel like there's a certain weird quality that gets lost when yeah. it feels like you're trying too hard to be like, I'm Rick and Morty. Like, yeah. you're going to take whatever the fuck I give you. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. Can, I um, can totally see watch, that. Watch this most recent episode, and I'd be like, whenever you get a chance to. Oh, well. And I'd be very, very curious to like, dissect that episode maybe we do like a whole side episode just dissecting that that one episode and what we can gleam i i would be totally fine with that let's plan so so this is it we've reached the top of the crest we've climbed and we're gonna touch our number one tips together right now so I i want you to start first you whip it out first I think I think you know what my number one is. I've referenced it a handful of times. Can I can I guess? I know exactly what your number one is. All right, I'll give you a countdown and high five, four, three, two. The Simpsons. One. <laughs> yep. Mine is The Simpsons. Of course it is. I love The Simpsons. I've referenced it a handful of times this episode already. I think for me. Uh, everything I love about cartoons now and, and everything that I see in cartoons, I can almost trace back to The Simpsons. I'm one of those dickheads. Like, I'm one of those dickheads who is like, oh, yes, this show is so funny. And I love the way that they've built out 
this town that they live in, like Bob's Burgers. I love the way that they've built out the boardwalk and they've built out the street and the area of New, New York that they live in, just like the Simpsons built out Springfield in the 90s. You know, I love the fact that they, you know, are riffing on uh, sitcoms and, and old, you know, staple television shows and Family Guy, just like Simpsons used to. You know, I, I can trace all of that back. And then the voice cast of, you know, Dan Castanella, Hank Azaria, Julie Kavner, and everybody on that show is just, I don't know, Conan O'Brien coming from the show, how musical it is. I, I, I just, it's the grandfather of animated sitcoms, in my opinion. Uh, and like I mentioned, Amanda during quarantine decided to rewatch it from the beginning and I'm watching along with her. And it just re-solidified for me how great it was. I, I hid it from my parents because Simpsons was not allowed to be watched in my house. So I like snuck watched it, which, uh, you know, again, I love that. Sure. Feeling, like Beavis and Butthead again. So all of that together, just, I don't know. There was no, when we decided on this topic, there was nothing else besides the Simpsons. Sure. For me. I get that. I knew that was going to, I knew that was happening. Once again, I'm going to play a really weird, I might get beat up card. Well, I know I it's not your favorite. never got into the Simpsons, man. Yeah. Like I just couldn't, I played the video game. There was a oh. Nintendo Simpsons game that I played. Is that the one where you spray painted things? Yes. And there's like an alien invasion. That one is so hard. It is super fucking hard, but it's yeah. awesome. I also had a, uh, a Simpsons game that you could play on your PC that was sort of like mist, but it was a first person and you just clicked around Springfield and you could like go in Moe's bar and you could like, you know, look in the bathroom of Moe's bar. That sounds awesome. Was it awesome? It, it was awesome. I played it for hours and you were just like looking for comic books. You were Bart Simpson and you were trying to collect comic books or you were collecting comic books for Bart Simpson and you could go in almost every building. It was awesome. I played it forever. That that sounds awesome because I will say I, I res highly respect your choice because I will say the world that The Simpsons built mm -hmm. is one of the most fleshed out animated worlds in existence. Well, and and I feel like so many, and I don't mean this. They've also been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> that's, that's, well, another testament to it. And the thing is, I fell off The Simpsons. I'm one of the people who fell off like around season 15, 16. Not to say that they're not funny or good, but it's kind of, again, to your point, there's a level of diminishing returns, and I just moved on to other things. But, I mean, their Halloween specials are iconic. Um, they, I think every other, again, other shows like Family Guy has – um, Christmas episodes, American Dad has Christmas episodes, uh, Bob's Burgers has Thanksgiving episodes every year, but it all started back with The Simpsons doing yearly Halloween specials. And, and again, it just, I, I can trace all of that back to it. Um, and, and you can go down some weird rabbit holes of The Simpsons predicting the future, which is, it's mind boggling. And again, they've done so much, they've done everything, but even the pandemic, have you seen the most recent uh. Simpsons predicted the pandemic? There is a clip from one of the early episodes of Sim or one of the early seasons of Simpsons where the town thinks it all has a disease and they're begging Dr. Hibbert for a cure. And they're like, give us the cure, give us the cure. And he's like, oh, there is no cure. You just need to stay at home, stay at home and get well. And they're like, that's not good enough. And they flip over a van that's behind them and they release a swarm of killer bees. What? Yes. And then they all get attacked by killer bees because they won't just go home and rest like, like Dr. Ebert said. Weird. Yeah. 
So uh, for all of those reasons and more, The Simpsons is my number one, and it it holds up for me. You know, I, I just think some of the episodes are the, some of the best uh, Phil Hartman voice voice work. You want puns and and good crank phone calls, you got them. I don't know. I could talk about it for hours. I love it. I absolutely love it. I respect it. Not my cup of tea, but I respect it. And I knew it was going to be your number one. And I respect it for all of the reasons that you placed it at your number one. But I am excited for your number one because I also definitely know what your number one is. I will tip my hat (laughs) (laughs) to The Simpsons. And I will announce that my number one is Gravity Falls. I knew you were going to have it on there. And Q, I wanted to tell you. E has started to watch Gravity Falls. Oh and really my God, likes it. my heart, my heart. So tell me all about Gravity Falls. Oh, I gush shit. about The Simpsons. You gush about Gravity Falls. So Gravity Falls is, um, God, it's so strange because it is definitively a kids show, like for sure. So it was on Disney XD, I think is what it yeah. originally aired on. Um, it's a Disney show, ran for three seasons, uh, or no, excuse me, ran for two seasons. The, the second season ends the series. Like it was yeah. two seasons plan- with a planned ending. Yeah. Um, it three is books, one, two seasons. Three books, two seasons. There is a level of meta-ness mm-hmm. and a level of clever that I have only seen rivaled by Rick and Morty as far as writing goes. Which weirdly I've seen are connected. Uh, yeah, they are. Well, the be- uh, so Justin Roiland, and I can't think of his name right now, um, but the creator oh, I'll, of I'll Gravity Falls. Thank you. Um, the creator of Gav- uh, Alex Hirsch. That's it. Um, Justin Roiland and Alex Hirsch are friends. So it doesn't surprise me. And there is like some weird, there's like a weird crossover, like background thing. There's portal technology in Gravity yeah. Falls. And there's a scene where some things get sucked out of uh, one portal in one cartoon and into another portal in another yeah. cartoon. Um, so there's that level of crossover there. It hasn't gone as far as like Rick Sanchez showing up. Which uh, it wouldn't fit. Gravity like, Falls. That wouldn't fit. But what they did was perfect. Um, but I will say that there's just something so heartwarming about this mm-hmm. show as well. Like it's a brother and sister, Dipper and Mabel, and they go to live with their great uncle Stan or their grunkle, yeah, um, Stan, who runs a shitty souvenir gift shop in a town called Gravity Falls, Oregon, which is Haunted if anybody knows or something. If well, if anybody knows anything about the Pacific Northwest, is is known to be like mystical like th- right. weird things always happen in the pacific northwest well that's where US. sasquatch is supposed to be and exactly all of that, yeah wendigo or the twilight series sh- yeah the twilight series happens there oh in forks oregon exactly uh vampires and werewolves exist there's sparkly vampires and everybody knows werewolves. everybody um, knows but it I, I don't know i fell in love with the characters i fell in love with uh, the storytelling it is another one that creates a very fleshed out world with all of these side characters right. the fact that they only did it over two seasons but they made such memorable characters there's a character uh, named old man mcguckin i love old man mcguckin 
who just jumps around and says crazy puberty gibbet things. Well, he he is the quintessential like old prospector, like I used to do in college, like the approach, like I'm the old prospector. <laughs> I did gold up in them hairs. He's like the quintessential version of that, and the writing of it, Alex Hirsch is just so good. The way that they integrate him into the care into the stories is just great. It, exactly, and um, but they even go so far as like Old Man McGuckin gets a background story. And I know. You find out that old man McGuckin is not the crazy old man that he's always been. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so they have stuff like that. They have. I, um, I also uh, want to give a compliment to the show uh, to to you as well. The show has an amazing voice cast, like John, uh, Jason Ritter and Kristen Shaw, who we mentioned earlier, could not be better cast as the two kids. Oh, for sure. And uh, T.J. Miller is on the T- show as as Robbie. This yep. like emo boyfriend <laughs> wannabe boyfriend of wendy um, who's linda, Cardell- linda cardellini longtime crush of mine yes uh but justin roiland has done a voice on it mm-hmm. multiple times uh he does a character named blendon blandon that is a time traveler of sorts he, he's, basically he's basically do- doing morty he's also basically doing the voice that he does for lemonhead in adventure time Oh sure, I'm still or whatever. I, I can't yes. do Justin Roiland, but yeah, but that was pretty good. Thank you. Uh, Nick Offerman is in the show. Yes. Uh, well, and then the voices that Alex Hirsch does, like the Grunkle Stan voice, so good, so great, awesome. And the the other thing that I love about Gravity Falls is that it builds on itself. Like yes. there is a continuous story, sort of like Adventure Time. I think it falls to me and. Adventure Time, Gravity Falls, regular show, kind of that trifecta of wonderful shows in the early aughts that came out for kids that weren't really for kids. Sure. Um, I, I, it's just when you find out in season two that there is a continuous thread that has been happening behind the scenes, so wonderful how he ties it all together. And they, they – so you get these wonderful one-off stories, but they're all contained within this, like, bookend story of these three mysterious journals. And how it all wraps up and ties together is – I mean, the level of writing, once again, it feels like Dan Harmon community level. Mm-hmm. Like, we set things up in the first season that we didn't yeah. even revisit until the end of the second season but we planted those seeds because we knew that this is where we were growing to or remember this really wacky side character that sort of makes no sense yeah he's like a big deal near the end of this and now it totally makes sense yeah so and and, and it has that was i appreciate that about adventure time as well like when you realize there is a lore when you realize there is depth to everything but what's super impressive about gravity falls is that adventure time ran for seven eight seasons or whatever yeah gravity falls really fits everything so nicely into those two seasons and it does you don't feel like you have any wasted episodes they're all funny they're all clever they're all at the top of their game and once again that's why i earned my number one spot is because it feels like a show that knew yep. when it was time to get out you know what i mean like and like unlike the simpsons who's running for 30 seasons and losing steam Gravity Falls was like, I have a story. I have an idea. We're going to get in. We're going to get out. And you will love it from beginning to end. We'll never lose quality. It's perfect. At this point, Simpsons Simpsons is past the point where it's more like, oh, wow, I can't believe they're still getting better. It's kind of like, I can't believe they're still alive. Like, at this point, I'm just impressed that 
yeah, he ran that marathon, but then he just like kept going. And now right. I just want to, now I just like want to watch Forrest go. Like Until how far, like, how, right, exactly. How and honestly, I feel this like this, this, I feel like the Simpsons is just going to end like Forrest Gump. He's just going to stop one day. It could be in the middle of a damn season and be like, you know what? I'm tired of running. And we're like, <laughs> and all of us will be like, you know what? You did good Simpsons. You did, you did good. good. But you like Gravity Falls, Gravity Falls is, I love that the, 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 the coin flip of our number ones, because they are the flip of that. And you can see the, the level of quality contained. I mean, Breaking Bad, I feel like, is in that boat as well. Like, Breaking Bad could have gone on forever, but they knew they had a story to tell in five seasons, and it's perfect the way that it is. I agree 100%. So that's it, man. Those are our, def- our definitive list, or those are our lists. Yes. Now let's take them, let's mush them together, and let's make some sort of definitive top five animated sitcom list this is going to be hard there's going to be some darlings killed here so let's remind everybody real quick of each of our top five so what was your top five listing my number five was south park my number four was ren and stimpy my number three was bojack horseman my number two was rick and more and my number one was the simpsons all right and my number five was bob's burgers my number four was rocco's modern life my number three was Big Mouth. My number two was Rick and Morty. And my number one is Gravity Falls. So I think we can definitively say that, gra- that Rick and Morty can go at number two. Like, yes, uh, uh, we, I agree with that. We both thought it was number two. It's number two. Here's, here's, what, I'll, here's what I'll add. If, if you let me put Simpsons at number one just because of its DNA and its longevity, then I will bump some of mine and, and Gravity Falls can be three. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. I will say that I feel so I like won't, I won't fight for Bojack to be. I honest. feel like Simpson Simpsons can be there. Yes, that's very good. I feel like I'm okay with that because it does meet all the criteria of. I mean, you like you said, it is the grandfather. I, I think it's like if you ask sitcom. if you ask a thousand outside of the people. Flintstones. Yeah, that's true. Which came before. That's true, but man, I I don't think the that the Flintstones isn't as cult, mo, much of a cultural milestone. I I definitely agree. So, all right, Simpsons can live at number one. Rick and Morty can live at number two. Gravity Falls um, number three. Gravity Falls. I would love to be at number three. And so um, basically, so we have a four I, and a five left. Should we put a Netflix show at number four? Uh yes. Or should we do a or should we do a Nicktoons since both of us shared a Nicktoons at number four? I will say that now. Here I'm going to make the argument for Rocco's over Ren and Stimpy, and I'm the, I'm probably going to agree with you. By the, way. the reason the reason mainly being because it does follow a little more closely an actual sitcom. It's about a right. guy a young guy discovering yep. life with the help of his friends, so on and so forth. And it had the best ending. <laughs> With uh, no, that I, reboot now. I'm totally, I'm totally fine with okay. that. Rocco's Modern Life, number four. Like I said, I struggled with it. So if you take the average of my interest for that, sure, and and, and add it to yours, it outdoes my solo interest for Rocco's Modern. I mean, okay, Ren and Stimpy. And I would actually like to suggest. Uh, no, okay, I want to leave it where it's at. Uh, number five. Here's the hard one. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I haven't seen all of BoJack Horseman. Right. So it's hard for me 
to, but I can get on board with it. I know that lots of people have lots of love with it. The only thing I will say is that uh, Big Mouth is legitimately about life. I and know. And so is BoJack, but BoJack is animals. <laughs> <laughs> but they're both like, that's the thing. They both deal with like real right. world. Well, things. let let me let me throw this out there in a weird in a weird spin. I know that it didn't uh, wasn't on both our lists, but what about South Park as number five? We did both watch that show quite a bit, and we so did. cumulatively and as a cultural milestone, I think it's outlasted both Big Mouth and BoJack Horseman put together. I think more people would recognize it and has more you know cultural relevance, and I think it meant collectively more to both of us than either of the other shows did individually just putting that out there yes yes i actually that's a really good argument for that i i respect that i didn't even think of south park uh but you're right it did have a huge cultural impact it has it's still running much like the simpsons Mm-hmm. Um, it has gone through weird phases where it was really good, then it was really shitty, and then it was really good yeah. again. Yep. Um, no, I'm with that. Yeah, South Park. Sweet. I uh, I like I like this here. Let me. I will read it back. I'm gonna bold these really quick though. Um, all right. So number five, South Park. We needed like a cool graphic in this video. Like Boom. number five. Boom. South Park. All right. Someone else get on that. Um, Edit that. <laughs> number four, Rocco's Modern Life. Number three, Gravity Falls, because, man, it's so good. Number two, Rick and Morty, one of the best. And number one, The Simpsons, because of just it's the granddaddy. <laughs> the Simpsons <laughs> is hopefully in this area. <laughs> what? So they here's the it- list. They should put it on the other side of you over here. Here's the list in its entirety. Right and here. everyone listening or driving in your car, I hope you were writing it down with a pen and paper. Yes, please. Uh, text it to us while you're driving. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, man, that's good. That's a good list. I, my that's feelings it. aren't too hurt. No, I think I, I feel good about the list, man. I feel good about where we landed. So in that case, we get to play a game not to put together the pieces of our shattered friendship. No, no, but it's instead, just, just, just have fun. Play a game. Yeah. I want to play a game. Oh, what a wonderful game it is too. Risk is part of the game. Well, how about a game of Parcheesi? Remember that favorite game of yours? Games worthy of His Majesty. You really think you're the only one who can play this game? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Let the games begin. So, right, game so- master, tell us about our game. The, our game today is Impression Roulette, and it's a Ooh. cartoon edition. Ooh. So basically, you're just going to throw out a random character that I have to try to impersonate their voice. And then I'm going to do the same to you. But we all have to, we have to choose from the universe, of, the universe of characters that we've kind of talked about today. Oh, okay. So we, all, all right, so- we, we, each, we each get three. Do you want me to start and give you one? Yes. All right. Start us so- off so I know. So do Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how his voice goes. Uh, 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 gee, Ren, uh, I am pretty excited to be on this uh, episode of the podcast right now. 
No? That's no. Not how oh, that's oh, wait. Not I, was of, I was thinking of Stimpy. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> thinking of... Uh, okay, hold on. SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Rip. Uh, yeah. You idiot! There we go. That's Stimpy, the best I have. You idiot. Yeah. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's pretty good. You were doing like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> no, that's kind of what... Golly that, gee, Stimpy, I am Ren. I am the mean chihuahua. <laughs> That's kind of what Stimpy sounds like. Kind of. All right. You know what? In that case, uh, Squidward. Go. Ooh. Um. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I hate that you live next to me. My nose is huge. My nose is huge. <laughs> That's the part that got me. That was good. Yeah. That was um, really okay. Good. Uh, uh, let's do uh, crap. Uh, Bob from Bob's Burgers. Okay. Bob from Bob's Burgers. Uh, gee, kids, I'm going to make this cheeseburger, and I own a restaurant, and <laughs> uh, my wife, Linda, is crazy. Uh, and damn it, Jimmy Pesto. <laughs> How's that? Pretty yeah, good. I like, I like it. It's kind of like, what's your best H. John Benjamin impression? <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, right. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, here you go. You ready for this? No. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Oh. Um. Give me some alcohol. I'm a horse, and I kind of sound like Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Solid. I have a big dick, and maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. That is quality. And then um, I'll, I'll go uh, Peter, Peter Griffin. Uh, excuse me, coming through. Uh, excuse me, retarded. That's really good. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Thanks. <laughs> that was a really good impression. I'm a I'm a big fat guy from I'm, <laughs> I'm a Boston kinda. Not really. Yeah. Hey, what's that all about? Yeah, I'm gonna go hog. park the car. Lois yeah, co Cohog. Uh Cohog. All right, so that's it, man. We played a game. We did some uh -oh. impressions. We have a list. I feel yeah, great. We do. we do have a list. Uh next up, people can get excited. Our next episode, we're gonna talk isolation. It's something we've all been dealing with recently. We're, you and I are both going to record the episode by ourselves. And then we're just going to put it together, sort of like a weird Blink-182 song. Like, and you're just going to record your half of the conversation. I'm going to record my half. We're going to edit it together regardless of what we're both saying. And that's the end. That's just how it works. So we hope it matches up well. We hope that you get some sort of episode that makes sense next week. Uh, but in the meantime... Uh, go listen to more of our back catalog. Tell all your Bye. friends and family about High Five the Podcast. And, uh, yeah, if you don't support us, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. We have reached the end of another High Five the Podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E 
P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Farting your skeleton out of your body? (laughs) Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.